1: The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over
0: 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. GX on Agriculture. With Doug Falconer.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program: Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mostly higher, but total sales were lower last week. That's according to statistics released by CanFax. Fifty-six Agriculture Demonstration of Practices and Technology Program projects and eight strategic field program projects have received more than $1.4 million in funding in 2023 from the federal and Saskatchewan governments. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt will join us with those details. Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting Venture in Winnipeg has provided her weekly overview of the wheat market. It was issued through the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. And we will also have some more news from Canada's food processor, a professor, Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, about the Chinese market for canola. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX and Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist.
0: Agriculture Outlook with
2: Precision Weather.
1: With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, it's mainly sunny here in the Yorkton area right now, shaping
0: up to be another very nice day. Yeah, a bit of smoke around in spots. Uh, that will continue to be a factor, even more so tonight. We'll get back into some thicker smoke after a few of the showers rolled in tonight. Uh, but not much cloud cover beyond the bit that rolls in. Obviously, if we're talking showers, there will be some cloud cover. But just like the shower threat is low, especially for how long it will last, The cloud threat is pretty low, especially for how long it will last. So overall, this weather is uh, pretty decent. It does drop off. A little cool air dropping in uh, before the week is out, but that is just as brief as any shower threat over the next few days. We're up into the upper 20s this afternoon. The wind has been pretty light. It'll pick up a bit through the day, 15 to 25. Could be some gusts up to around 30 for the afternoon. And again, most of the time, just fine. Some smoke rolling through at times, not too thick through the day, a little thicker tonight. Showers possible through the night, and then partly cloudy with that smoke down to 11. Tomorrow, partly sunny sky. The wind just as strong, if not stronger, through the daytime, and that will keep the, the same direction, keeping the, the threat for smoke around, at least for the morning hours. The wind mixing through should... Break it up a little bit. We'll be around 16. Might drop back, though. That strong northwest wind getting stronger through the middle part of the day drops in some slightly cooler air. But again, the shower threat is mainly through the night and is pretty limited. Tomorrow night, a second push of cooler air again accompanied by a couple of showers and limited showers early thursday a few more of these limited showers there's really not much to speak of as far as measurable rainfall goes over the next few days but at the very least some of the cloud cover rolling in could could tack up a good millimeter or so between the couple rounds of showers only 14 though on thursday that cooler air in place just as quickly as it moves in the wind goes back into the southwest later thursday that'll clear us out it'll get us back to warming up 21 on Friday, thinking 25 on Saturday. The warm air is is tenuous at best, we'll say. It gets in, but it's going to have a hard time staying. It likely drops right back out by Sundays to fall back into the upper teens.
1: That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at 13 degrees. Swan River, Brandon and Shoal Lake-Russell, 21. Dauphin, 19. Roblin, 22. Regina and Broadview Mooseman reporting in at 26. Saskatoon and Indian Head at 27. Hudson Bay, 24. Wynyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 25. The Yorkton, Melville region has a sunny sky, a south southwest wind at 9 kilometers an hour. 26% is the relative humidity, the temperature is 26 degrees. Yesterday Yorkton reached a high of 28 degrees and dropped to a low of 13 degrees. There was no precipitation reported in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is 18 degrees, the normal low 5 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 4.58 this morning and it will set at 8.35 tonight. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday. The Manitoba hotspot was Dauphin at 30 degrees. The cold spot, Tadouli Lake, at minus 2 degrees. The Saskatchewan hotspot yesterday was Nipuan at 31 degrees. The cold spot was Collins Bay at plus 4 degrees. And that's a look at your agriculture weather. It's time now to check in once again with Tanya Cherry. Prairie Soil Services is your local ag retail partner that truly cares about your farm success. We began our journey 40 years ago this spring and we want to sincerely thank our farm customers, our staff and the local communities we serve for your support over the many decades. For all your NH3, dry fertilizer, and crop nutrition solutions, visit Prairie Soul Services
3: in Nogway today.
1: Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Co-op Hail Insurance. Co-op. Beef and Forage Report. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mostly higher, but total sales were lower last week, according to statistics released by Canfax. 7,445 head were sold, down about 5,000 from the previous week, but 3,000 more than the same week one year ago. Four of the six steer weight categories had higher bids, while it was four of five for feeder heifers. The biggest increase was on eight to nine weight steers up eight dollars forty seven cents to average two seventy one sixty seven per hundred weight. The largest decline was on four to five heifers off seven dollars fifty seven cents for a provincial average of three fifty four thirty three per hundred weight. The only price decline for feeder heifers was on the six to seven weights, and the biggest gain was on the four to five hundred pound feeder heifers up $6.57 to average 32717 per 100 weight. The price of live non-fed cattle in Alberta were mixed. D2 slaughter cows were down 51 cents to average 14970 per 100 weight. D3 slaughter cows moved up a dollar 69 to average $1. 13183 per 100 weight. And that's today's beef and forage report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, AgReview. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau visited Alberta yesterday as raging wildfires prompted mass evacuations where meteorologists expect virtually no rain for 10 days or so. The widespread blazes have marked an intense start to wildfire season in Alberta, forcing more than 30,000 people out of their homes at one point and shuttering at least 319,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day, or 3.7% of national production. The forecast for Alberta shows a cold front sweeping through starting tonight that would bring gusty winds, a slight chance of a thunderstorm, but not much rain. Members of organizations including the Alberta Association of Agricultural Societies and Alberta Auction Markets Association have offered up facilities for penning evacuated livestock. The province also recently recommended producers call to discuss emergency grazing options and notes it's taking applications for temporary grazing on public lands. The UN aid chief says efforts will continue in the coming days to extend a deal allowing the safe Black Sea export of Ukraine grain. It's a pact Russia has threatened to quit effective Thursday over obstacles to its grain and fertilizer exports. The final two ships are due to leave Ukrainian ports today under the Black Sea deal. The UN and Turkey brokered the Black Sea agreement last July to help tackle a global food crisis that has been aggravated by Moscow's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, one of the world's leading grain exporters. At the same time, the UN agreed to help Moscow facilitate its own agricultural shipments. A Ukrainian foreign ministry official said on Monday that no additional talks were planned this week. Fund traders were buying back short positions and putting on some new longs in the canola futures market during the first full week of May, causing the net short position to narrow in slightly. That's according to the latest Commitments of Traders report from the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission. As of May 9th, the net managed money short position in ICE canola futures came in at 57,059 contracts, a decrease of about 5,000 contracts from the previous week. Open interest in the canola market came in at 256,563 contracts on May 9th which was up by about 3,900 from the previous week. At the Chicago Board of Trade, fund traders were holding a net long of about 49,700 contracts in soybeans, down by about 5,000 from the previous week. The rapeseed crop in the United Kingdom is estimated at 66% good to excellent. The U.S. Department of Agriculture attaché in London is forecasting production for 2023-24 to be 1.38 million metric tons. That would make for a 1.4% increase over the 2022-23 crop. While the attache peg-planted and harvested area for 2023-24 at 410,000 hectares, up from last year's 364,000 Yields were forecast to drop from almost 3.74 metric tons per hectare to nearly 3.37. Along with the projected output in rapeseed, the attache estimates the UK's imports of the oilseed at 750,000 metric tons. Altogether, the country's total supply was projected to be short of 2.22 million metric tons. 1.6% 1.6% more than in 2022-23. Minnesota farmer James Wolf pleaded guilty Friday to one count of wire fraud in connection with an alleged organic crops conspiracy following a change of plea hearing in a federal court. Under federal law, wire fraud is a Class C felony, punishable by up to 20 years in prison, three years of supervised release, and $250,000 in fines. Wolf asked the U.S. District Court for the District of Minnesota to complete a pre-sentence report and conduct an investigation ahead of sentencing. The court recently rejected Wolf's request to have farm equipment seized from his farm as part of the investigation returned to him to allow him to plant this spring. Wolf was indicted by a grand jury last year on three counts of wire fraud as a result of an alleged conspiracy to falsely sell forty six million dollars in non gMO corn and soybeans as organic, and be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. It's time now to head back out once again to Tanya Cherry. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and 26 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. But first, it's time for the livestock market conditions and they're a presentation of Heartland Livestock in Verdun. Attention livestock producers Brennan Jack with Heartland Livestock in Verdon and Brandon reminding you of
0: our upcoming sales schedule. We've got a pre-sort sale in Verdon on Wednesday, May the 17th. A special new sale on Saturday, May the 27th. Bread cows and cow calf pairs, sheep, lamb, and goats, horse and tack, exotic and small animals, and a longhorn recreation dispersal, all in Verdon on Saturday, May the 27th. Call us for more information at 748-2809. Check us out on Facebook or visit our website, HLS.ca. Heartland Livestock Services in Verdon and Brandon, the market livestock market conditions
1: us live cattle futures for june closed at 163 87 today that's down 45 august live cattle closed at 162 47 down 27 august feeder cattle closed at 231 47 up 42. September feeder cattle closed at 234.32, up 47. June lean hogs closed at 87.20, up 105. July lean hogs closed at 88.12, up 62. And that's the livestock market conditions. 56 agriculture demonstration of practices and technology program projects And eight strategic field program projects have received more than $1.4 million in funding in 2023 from the federal and Saskatchewan governments. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt has the details.
3: This is all part of our new uh, five-year ESCAP agreement uh, funding, uh, Doug. And what it is, is uh, obviously it's all part and parcel to a lot of our research. But well, one of them is what we call the Adopt uh, program, and that is Ag uh, demonstration of uh, practices and technology. Where uh, that program there is just over seven hundred thousand going into some research projects there. And then the second one is what we call strategic field programming, and that's where you see research out in the fields. And that program is just uh, just under seven hundred thousand for this year. So really, what it is is it looks at different uh, different types of projects, and uh, some of them are done, you know, uh, in in research. Uh, under adopt uh, just to give an example of some of them, we look we're looking at old variety research. Some of the issues around that. Of, uh, another one is lentil response to nitrogen and inoculants, and so there's there's a whole lot. There's even like cover crops. Uh, what are good cover crops to put in uh, on irrigation land after row cropping, right? So so that we can uh, mitigate soil erosion things like that. But uh, a wide variety. Even the 4R management under the Fertilizer Canada's proposal there, but but even to some degree, even uh, other products that uh, a lot of people, a lot of Saskatchewan people wouldn't realize, even like cantaloupe research, uh, you know, whether to, the type of cantaloupes we could grow here, uh, Brussels sprouts, the vegetables, and a lot of that, even pumpkin production. We're starting to see a lot of vegetable production here in the province, so there's even some that dedicated to that under the ADOPT program as well.
1: He says some of the programs will also help out the livestock industry.
3: Yes, it does. Yeah, 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 there'll be more on the forage side and uh, different types of feeds and how, you know, how we can improve on uh, animal health and uh, obviously our beef quality or uh, uh, food quality as well there too. Uh, And another one we're doing is um, what we call the SFP program, which was strategic field programming. And that's where we actually work with producers, uh, you know, on, on farm sites and do some uh, extensive uh, research on different crops and different pro- uh, uh, products and different applications as well. So, we obviously, need to work to carry out, you know, whether it's a producer or whether it's an Agri-Arms site, which we have quite a few in the province, or whether it's, a you know, a researcher under contract to uh, to uh, an organization or something like that. So there's different aspects of it. So that's what we really try and work on. Uh, and that one could be uh, a wide ra- range of different types of crops. Or across, but actually working with uh, with the producers as well. It might might be corn or it might be, you know, different types of variety of corn and how it's grown in Saskatchewan. We're starting to see more of that, especially for fall grazing where a lot of ranchers are using it for fall grazing and, and things like that. So, yeah, we really like the program. Obviously, that's why we're still dedicated to it and uh, want to make sure that we can actually see these practices being adopted and putting out into, uh, into practice in the, in the ag sector in, in rural Saskatchewan.
1: Merritt believes that sustainability is more important than ever when it comes to the world's expectations for agriculture.
3: It does, and that's probably the big reason why we're doing this too. It's obviously, uh, you know, some of the work we've done through the ministry and uh, working with the Global Inst- Institute of Food Security we have, uh, you know, found, some, found a way to actually measure our carbon footprint on a lot of crops and this research in part and parcel, and working with, you know, obviously the university and research, but also the private sector where we're seeing companies come in on it, but where we can uh, then take it out to producers and practice this and see how it does work about, we can measure it, and that's what we want to do, be able to do is measure it, because uh, we just want all the decisions made on, on food security and the priority around food to be science-based so that uh, we can continue to feed the world. And, I mean, the world population is growing. Uh, We just want to make sure that our production continues to grow, and new varieties and research like this just help us achieve those targets.
1: He says the fact that Sask Wheat just contributed $1.6 million to Saskatchewan's eight agri-arm sites shows how important research is in this province.
3: Yes, it does, and, uh, you know, with those... uh, a lot of those people don't get the credit they deserve, whether it's you know through our different commissions, through uh, the different grains, but even from the private sector as well. So uh, I think it just shows, uh, goes to show that the check dollars that producers are paying, and, uh, and we all do, that those dollars are going to good research projects that are really gonna help grow the economy, but also grow uh, our global supply and make us a really reliable customer to uh, global country, or companies around the world that are actually really coming to this, uh, this province to see what we're doing and how we're doing it and uh, are looking to increase their business here in this province.
1: And Merritt has one final message to farmers.
3: I'll just say this, Doug. I mean, obviously, you know, we're into the busy time. I just, uh, once again, just want to remind everybody to please be safe out there. And uh, we all have loved ones that are expecting us home every night.
1: That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister, David Merritt. Please stay tuned to your commo- Commodities Update. Canola futures closed down across the board today. July canola closed at seven twenty-nine twenty, dollars a down $1.60. November canola closed at $6.99.20, down $5.70. July Minneapolis wheat closed at 8.78 and three quarters. That's up five and a half cents. July Kansas City wheat closed at 8.95 and a quarter, down three cents. July Chicago wheat closed at 6.47 and a half, down thirteen and a quarter cents. July corn closed at 5.81 and a quarter, down eleven and a quarter cents. July soybeans closed at thirteen sixty four per bushel, down thirty six and three quarters of a cent. July oats closed at three forty five per bushel, that's up four and a quarter cents, and that's the commodities update. It's time now to check in once again with Tanya Cherry, Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting Venture has provided her weekly overview of the wheat market. It was issued through the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission.
2: Markets remain volatile, as you have seen, with no resolution in the Black Sea Corridor coming up. But there seems to be an increasing conviction that the corridor is coming to an end, with expiry on Thursday, and no more discussions scheduled. All outbound vessels are expected to be cleared by the deadline, but there are still 46 vessels waiting inbound and some 10 vessels were diverted away from the Bosporus last week. According to to the USDA's Foreign Agricultural Service on May 12th, the global wheat outlook is for a larger production and consumption with declining global trade and declining ending stocks. We expect this week to be a slow week with Thursday another holiday in Europe and with many traders taking Friday off as well. In terms of cash markets last week, the only significant trade was to Algeria, which bought about half a million tons of Russian and black Sea wheat at around 250 US per ton FOB. US export sales were just 26,000 tons for old crop, but an improved 334,000 tons for new crop, and the current season total of 695 million bushel is 80 million bushel below the USDA's projection, with just three weeks remaining of old crop shipping. Also, a general comment on the demand side. According to the USDA last week in their May report, global 23-24 wheat consumption is projected at 789.5 million tons, up 2.9 million from last year. Global growth in FSI, which is feed, seed and industrial consumption, is expected to rise on global global population growth with the largest increases in China and Pakistan. With prices easing, consumption is expected to rebound in some countries where consumers have recently avoided wheat products in favor of other food grains such as rice. This, for example, applies to big consumers, Indonesia and Nigeria. To continue, here some of last week's major news by major wheat origin, and per usual, we're starting with Canada. As you know, seeding on the prairies has finally become general, with good progress across most areas. The Statscan Stocks report on May 9th showed wheat stocks excluding durum at 11.5 million tons, which is 23%, or 2.1 million tons higher than wheat stocks held at the same time last year. However, the wheat stocks are still lower than in the pre-drought years. Of the total wheat stocks, 72% were held on farms, while commercials held 28%. Canadian wheat exports in week 40 at 334,000 tons were lower than last week's, advancing year-to-date exports to 15.6 million, 6.8 million tons, or 77% higher than last year to date. Regarding export, we can mention that the USDA WASDE report is projecting Canada to have greater exports next year, based on a larger crop and reduced competition in Asia from Australia. Canadian exports were projected to reach 27.5 million tons. The rally in futures is a good opportunity to finish old crop sales if not done so. For the 23 crop, we expect pressure by EU and Russian wheat in the markets during the summer and fall. On the other hand, the weather will be absolutely critical for the next four to six months to ensure good crop development with no room for any problems in the production regions of major exporters. We would leave markets alone this week and concentrate on seeding. Moving to Durham, the Statscan report for Durham showed stocks as of March 31 at 1.8 million tons, which is 5% or 91,000 tons lower than Durham stocks held at the same time last year. This is also significantly lower than March 31 stocks in previous years. 61% of the Durham stocks were held on farms, while commercials held 39%. Durham exports for week 40 were a bit tepid at 90,000 tons for a year-to-date total of 4.4 million, compared to 2 million last year-to-date. Regarding the export outlook for 23-24, the 23-24 crop year, conditions in North Africa have not improved, so that the outlook for Canadian Durham exports into those regions remains good for the coming year as well. Moving on to the U.S. Well, the long awaited May USDA report on 2324 US wheat showed reduced supplies and exports, a higher US domestic use, and small ending stocks for 2223. Supplies are shown smaller due to a smaller carry in and only slightly higher production. So for 2324, the US crops, crop numbers were outright bullish, with hard rent winter at 514 million bushel. That's below even last year's drought hit crop. The market will have to place extreme importance on weather, the different regions, and market timing during the season. Following the USDA WASDE reports, KC wheat futures surged 50 cents when the report only showed the 540 million bushel number. On the global side, most importantly, global ending stocks were calculated at 264.3 million tons, 2 million tons tighter year-on-year, but bigger than the average trade gas ahead of the report. Given the USDA numbers, we note that U.S. stocks were shown to fall to a 16-year low, global stocks fall to an 8-year low, and major exporter stocks use ratios fall to a record low. Again, weather will be critical for the next four to six months, with no room for any problems in the production regions of major exporters. For Australia, the USDA packed 23-24 Australian wheat production at 29 million tons, compared to 39 million in 22-23. Australian wheat exports are projected down 8 million tons to 24.5. Australian exports happen mostly to East and Southeast Asia. For Argentina, USDA pack 2324 Argentine wheat production at 19.5 million tons, up 6.9 million compared to this, this ongoing year's 12.6 million tons. Wheat exports from Argentina are expected to rebound to 12.5 million tons due to the larger crop after its drought-reduced crops this ongoing year. Argentina is expected to gain market share in some of Australia's traditional wheat markets, including Indonesia, Thailand and Vietnam. In the EU, the USDA packed the 23-24 EU-27 wheat production at 139 million tons, which would be up 4.5 million tons from 22 23 Production is anticipated to increase in France and in Romania. We note that 22-23 wheat ending stocks in the EU were raised to 16.3 million. And Russian stocks were also raised to 17.6. So combined current crop stocks rise 7 million tons compared to the previous months.
1: That's Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting Venture in Winnipeg. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan. Two o'clock in Manitoba, time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly to mainly sunny, winds south-southwest at 15 to 25 and a high of 28 For tonight, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of isolated showers and areas of smoke. Winds north-northwest at 15 to 30 and a low of 11. For tomorrow, partly sunny. Winds northwest at 20 to 40, a high of 16, an overnight low of 2. For Thursday, mainly cloudy with a 40% chance of early rain. Winds southwest at 10 to 20. A high of 14. For Friday, sunny, a high of 21. Saturday, mainly sunny, a high of 25. In the Paw, it's 13 degrees. Swan River, Brandon, Show Lake, Russell, 21. Dauphin, 19. Roblin, 22. Regina and Broadview, Mooseman are at 26 degrees. Saskatoon, Indian Head, 27. Hudson Bay is at 24. Winyard-Wadena-Kelvington, 25. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, a south-southwest wind at 9 kilometers an hour. 26% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 26 degrees. That's your agriculture weather. And that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner.